Welcome to Friendly Ties. We are headed over to the Czech Republic to do some silver mining today. This is Kudna Ora. All right, so we played a few games of Kudna Ora, which uh, is is a kind of it's a market game i guess you would describe it as there's sort of these like income the the thing that is going to catch your eye are these little like income doodads they just call them card stands and like yeah. these cards sit in these income little... doodads i like that yeah. they're now called that <laughs> yeah or or the cardboard calculator or whatever right but they, they sort of like track the prices of these various um resources in the game and there is there are two maps one where you are building the town kind of above uh, where we're all sort of like placing buildings, a mix of your like buildings that you own and also public buildings that no one owns, but you generally want to place near them. And then there's also the second map, the underground map, where all the silver mining is taking place, uh, where you sort of have to go almost like an 8-bit game yeah. from like the 1980s where you can like only go <laughs> left and right and down. Yeah, dig dug, yeah. <laughs> exactly what it feels like yeah that's what this game is going to look like uh to, to you if you're walking past you're like wow that looks like a euro game what's special about that right but also like silver shiny glaze yes. upon all the all yeah. the, the pieces it is shiny yep. yeah <laughs> it is shiny and this is a funky game because uh so i got i got this one at spiel we've largely played it online uh, but i got a press copy there and everyone kept talking to me about it saying like oh this is such a player driven game and it's highly interactive and i was like oh that's cool like it looks like a modern euro and most modern euros are multiplayer solitaire but you know how interactive can it actually be and it just kind of sat on my shelf for uh like three months <laughs> and then like what like four weeks ago i was like okay i'm finally gonna learn the game and then i played it with you anastasia we played it in real life in in the flesh in real life i know we crazy. touched it we saw each other <laughs> and the next day i played it again because i was just instantly captivated and then like four days later i played it again and then like four, like i played it four times in like eight days and that is like most games in my collection i do not play four times ever so this is me saying what everybody else has been saying like this is a really interactive game and i find it fascinating but it is also it's really hard to communicate why in a way that did not like put me to sleep anyway because like people would see, like, I'd, I'd see videos and i'd hear podcasts and i'd be like yeah yeah whatever and now here i am making a podcast and i'm sure people are thinking yeah yeah whatever but man this game to me definitely um it, it punched in ways that i was not really familiar with you know i have to give this game a, like a little bit of credit for that actually because i had when this game came out for essen and i you know i was reading all the reviews john was in essen this year so i was kind of paying a little more attention than i i might normally and i was like hey you know what is he going to bring back what like what's going to be interesting like what are we going to play and i watched i don't know what it was i kind of and i was just like i watched something i read something and i was like no nope, it just looks like another nope. euro like, right it just it wasn't just that it was just it, yeah it, you know honestly the systems as as they were being explained to me just seemed overly convoluted complicated something i don't know quite what it was but i just i didn't i was just like i my brain was just like ah, that's gonna be i don't know i didn't see anything about it that i was like oh my god that's so cool and then the way if if we just sat here and listed all the different systems in this game it would it would probably put everyone to sleep right <laughs> yeah it, it would well it would just it would just seem like a lot right they would just yeah. be like it's this and then this and then this and then it would be like okay but 
hey, I'll play any good game. So, uh, you know, we actually, you know, didn't know much about it. John just kind of opens it up. And, and, and really, like Nick was saying, the thing that kind of stood out to me, John called them cardboard computers in that moment. But I was like, I like what, like what, like what is this? And, you know, I got to give the game some credit. It, it really, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bury the lead on this. This isn't like a, this isn't a game that's super for me. And we're going to talk about that, uh, I'm sure a lot <laughs> as we go, yeah. but it really comes together. It's a much simpler game the way these pieces fit together than I expect it to be. It is a, it is a very just little, I don't know, little eco. What did you say? Market simulation experience. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an economy, right? hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it is interesting because there's, there's six resources in the game yeah. and some of the resources are very interactive and then some are not all that interactive. So, the most interactive resource is wood, which, you know, you've played games before. You know that wood's an important resource. Yeah. Um, this is set in like 1342 frog or something like that. They need a lot of wood. So wood's even more important, right? Um, and, you know, if folks build wood buildings, then everybody gets to build stuff for cheaper. And if they don't, then it's more expensive. And that's that's definitely the kind of like tightest lever in the game. And then I would say that the second most interactive kind of market is the coal and silver market because the the more the, the coal and silver work inversely with each other. I'm actually as, gonna interrupt you real quick. We keep calling it coal, but it's actually raw silver. Like thematically. Uh, what? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Like the idea is that uh, you can dig out the raw silver from the ground, which is what we've been calling coal because we play so many board games. And then <laughs> silver smelters like on the surface, like you build silver building, buildings, make silver, they're using that. And that's why there's a, a kind of a, a correlation between how those two things work in the economy. The more ore there is, the more the more ore there is to turn into silver, essentially. Okay. And, I don't want to okay. admit this to all of you right now, but like we've played so many euros with silver smelting and coal, and they like, it's it's all coming together. Yeah. Oh my god! Like <laughs> you basically just told me that you grow wheat and turn it into bread. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and so I, I guess then I would say that the second most interactive uh, resources are. What I used to call coal, and John just informed me, are actually silver ore. Yeah, so silver ore or silver ingots or raw silver or coal, whatever you want to call it, black lumps yes. that are pulled from the earth interact really well with refined silver. There we go. Yeah, uh, processed silver. Yeah, uh, because those those two things are like inverse of each other, right? If there is more demand or there's more kind of like silver production, then those that that raw silver is worth more money. So there's that kind of yeah, those um, strong push smelters were like, give me the, I need ore. I can't make forks without these right. black lumps. <laughs> right, exactly. Then I would say sort of in third or fourth place, I guess since fourth place, since we're talking about silver and the raw silver as two different resources. Um, so in fourth place comes the permits, which, you know, cares about how much mining has occurred throughout the course of the game. And then in fifth and sixth place are meat and beer which essentially are just kind of um build these that the town gets larger and they're they don't interact much with the other systems except for as more folks move to the town as the town gets developed uh the price of these things is, is gonna go down over the course of the game yeah i think it's kind of an abstracted cost like you never spend beer and you never spend food but 
the price for them goes up as the population goes up. So the the spending is just kind of like thematically hand waved away, and it's it's income. It's making money. Okay, but what neither of these guys are doing right now is, it, I mean, like, yes, all of these things are true. But the important thing to remember here is that you don't ever get any of these resources. Like, you don't take them. You That's don't true. collect them. You don't have them. There are no black to, lump tokens. You don't get to stack them. No, which would be cool, actually. Um, <laughs> but you don't, you don't, you know, you're not getting your little beer cube situation going on. You are ostensibly building buildings that are giving you a certain amount of honestly it shares but sure you can say you know beer production or whatever and then the cost of those goods is going to go well frankly it's going to go down when you build it because you've increased the volume and then as the population increases it will go up and then you'll make more money and blah 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 blah. but the only resources you actually like take in this game is money like yeah. that's it these little cardboard computer who's he what's it thingies they are controlling the market and that market is uh, like a two-dimensional like you you it goes up it uh someone explain how the market up up, up. because there's more more (laughs) there's more cards for the (laughs) up right up means there's more cards in go up they have it's, it's a deck of cards and you pull those out as like the population goes up and then the prices go up and then there's little sliders and they go, they push the things down. The so as down, you yeah. prices down. So as you build things, you push the sliders over and then you pull the, it's, I mean, honestly, it's, 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 it's a really cool representation of the market. Yeah. I've never seen it before. I've, oh, I've seen it, you know, there's other games. Clans of Caledonia is a good example where there's a different type of, you know, a market that's player driven that goes up and down. But this, I've never seen this 2d market. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically it's a grid. Right. Like there's there's essentially functionally six gigantic graphs. And instead of putting six graphs the size of like a standard sheet of paper, they they're able to compact those down to these two little things. So like from like a a mechanical function perspective, it is quite uh, elegant. But from a uh, like what it's actually doing. Yeah. You're just like either going in the X axis or the Y axis and you never go down like you only go up in the x and you only go up in the y but one goes up and one goes down it just it allows these things to fluctuate in really fascinating ways i could do something that causes more people to come to the town and that means thematically more people using the same amount of wood that wood's going to get more expensive mechanically what that means is in the game we literally just played on my very first turn i sent a miner down and they found some good Silver ore, I guess, and uh, people talked. So somebody came to town, increasing the population, and that increased the price of wood from two each to three each, which is a massive increase, right? And then John <laughs> ruined the game. That's what yes. happened. <laughs> and, and, and that's why I won the In game the first because turn. that's what I did on the very, very first turn. But but like that is a that is a huge impact um, when only certain people have control of this, and that's a really fascinating element to this game. Like we just played the game, and you too could control the wood market. You could con- you got to control how low the price was, but and I could not. But what I could do is drive up the price because I was all about beer and food. And so I spent this entire last game that we just played just trying to bring people to the town. I was, you know, the 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 the, the shop selling shovels to all the 49ers who are going, you know, trying to And the to find reason gold. he wanted to do that was because so there are two key things to know about this game. One you don't produce all of the resources. There are, as Nick beautifully said, there are six resources in the game. And depending on the player count, 
and just the setup cards like you you will produce three of them and there will be some overlap yeah. in some cases in some cases there won't be it's crazy town yeah i mean <laughs> one weird thing to think about when i first heard about this game and i first learned the rules i so you could be paired up with up to one other person like i said like nick and i both could do taverns make beer in this last time because it's hospitality um and i thought it was like oh hospitality, like meat and beer hospitality yeah, I, I thought it was gonna be like oh so like you know, Nick and I are going to be working together in this one thing. And then, you know, Anastasia and Nick, they're both trying to do the wood thing. But actually, no, it's a series of 1v1s. It's like, oh, Nick and I are competitors trying to deliver beer to the town. And so then Nick makes, you know, the the, the silver ore. And I don't really care, but I really care if he makes beer because he's uh, undercutting me. Essentially, we're just undercutting people back and forth, depending on the player count. So I don't think it's as crazy as everybody undercutting everybody. <laughs> 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 because okay, come in with some math nick <laughs> because at, even at the maximum player count the most players that you'll have your guild interact with is one yes um, it's just the question of how many of your guilds are overlapping with the other players in mm -hmm. a two-player game there's literally no overlap right in a three-player game you're two-thirds overlapped and in a four-player game you're fully overlapped with the other players and so this makes it like different from something like brass where the players kind of like elect what lanes they go into at the beginning yeah. in this one your lanes are predetermined for you at the beginning and then the question is more what are you going to lean into are you just going to essentially let the other player in your market be the one that sort of controls those buildings and you know when you hear control like in most games you're like oh control that gives them power over other players but that's not actually really true in this game it's an evaluation prospect of am i interested in building this building because of the bonuses that it gives me be it either income or the actual reward i get for putting the building into play and the the game has two different methods of incentives like a lot of euros one is go wide and then the other one is go deep. So you kind of are choosing which of those two things you would prefer to do, I think, in most games. Yeah. I think I want to, I'm going to take this as an opportunity here. So in a two and three player game, you're going to play over six rounds. In a four player game, you're going to play over five rounds. And all you're going to do on your turn is you're going to, you're going to basically use a small, I don't even, I want to say deck. It's like a hand of cards. It's an yeah. action selection mechanism. It's not unlike Concordia, except you're never going to go to the Senate. You're never going to add any cards. You've got your cards. And then each of the cards has a top and a bottom. Um, if you listen to our podcast about Nucleum, it's very similar, except, you know, you're not only going to do one thing on the card, right? Mm -hmm. So you get to choose. And so your actions are somewhat limited in as much as like you have a choice of if you're going to play this, you're giving up something else, but there are two of every action uh, available to you except for one. And then there's a joker. So you then get to take five actions each round. And this is kind of cool because you're going to take two actions for your first two turns. And then on your last one, you're going to take one, but ultimately it's not a lot of actions. And like any kind of, complex euro you know the actions are pretty simple but you know it's like you know buy buildings pl like decide plot decide where you're going to build those buildings then build the buildings then mine then income income then do this other santa barbara thing which we'll talk about later so like that's it and you know then you have that as an underlayment to essentially this crazy or not crazy market simulation yeah and 
I think that that kind of Euro route is probably what engaged me most with the game is that is that puzzle because I, you know John loves the shared incentives Nick is just smart and he's doing I math just, over there he's doing <laughs> math and, and, and I was like okay cool like this is a Euro game play actions do actions do stuff but man it is it is it is hard to play it like that when things are so constantly changing in this game you're constantly having to adapt and if you like a game like that you're going to love this. I mean, it's it, like I said, it's it's an economy and every action has a reaction of some sort. And, and uh, sometimes it's a small reaction and sometimes you make wood now cost $4 each instead of $3 each and suddenly everybody yells at you from across the table. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's one of those games where you cannot go into it saying this time I'm going to I'm going to focus on building up top or this time I'm going to really work on mines because I've never really done the mines before. It's I think it's one of those games where you have to be like, in this moment seems to be telling me that I should do this or do that. Um, you know, these these subtle different things, like some from setup a little bit, but also a lot from the uh, from the player dynamics between us. Like I've played five times now, and in two of those games, I had the wood guild, so I had the option of constructing wooden buildings. Which, as we said before, when you construct these buildings, the price of wood goes down. Everybody cheers! Hooray! I've never built a wood building, and I didn't do that because I went into those games thinking, ha ha ha, I'm this evil wood tyrant, and I'm never going to build the wood, and that'll make everything expensive, and everybody will suffer. No, I just did it because as I played the game, I kept thinking about it, like, oh, is now the time to build a wood? No, I think I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Like, every single turn, I was kind of readjusting what I was doing, and like, you will frequently have a plan and then realize you have to throw your plan out the window because of something that somebody else did. It's a weird game, right? Like, to talk about. Uh, it, I, I remember when I, I when I first learned it, I was al- honestly almost a little intimidated to teach it, just to kind of to see how all these come together, because this is far from the most complicated game um, I've ever played. Like, easily, like Nucleum and uh, Evacuation, the last two episodes we did, both of those games, mechanically, are, are much more complicated than this game is. But the way, the, the opaqueness of the interaction, certainly on the first play, definitely it left me wary and then it made me kind of excited after i actually got to play it that first time it's interesting you say that about the the rules because i feel like the teach when i because i learned it from you and i was the last person to learn this game and i thought the teach was very clean and it, it all makes sense right like very intuitive action selection system you know to me i think the primary incentive for them putting that in the game is to sort of say hey you're going to take two of these actions and you need to think a little bit ahead about what you want to sacrifice and in the way of doing that um but it all it all is very intuitive in that sense the stuff that i agree is pretty opaque even still honestly after a couple plays is uh like how you're getting your points in this game and i think part of the reason that yeah eludes me and I, I i'm very bad at this game um <laughs> you haven't won you played three times and you haven't won and that no, is not only have unusual. i not won i've been crushed so like summarily <laughs> in each of each of the games like it's yeah. it's bad y'all um yeah so i'm not good at it so take my opinion here with a grain of salt but but the the scoring you know you're you're getting little edges over your opponents in this game this is not a game where you're like I'm going to construct my strategy and then employ my strategy. Um, you were trying to like get a couple extra points here, a couple extra points there, 
yeah. and and essentially use that to to come out ahead. I suspect that when people are really good at this game, your like top to bottom scores are going to be within like five points every time. That's that's kind of what it feels like. But right now, I'm losing by you know fifteen points. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this every point is important in this game. Uh, like, the first game Anastasia and I played, I think she beat me on the tie, and we both had, I think, like, 58 points. That four-player game we all played, and Anastasia was in second place, one point ahead of me, and then our friend Shadow was in first place, one point ahead of her. So between three points, there was the three of us, and all three of us did vastly different things in this game. Like, I went yeah. huge on the income, and Shadow barely did any income, and Anastasia spent the entire game underground, and then our points were almost identical right <laughs> like if, yeah. if i if i had two more points i would have tied for the win and yet i was in third place and nick if i remember correctly was only like four points behind that as well and so like this game does feel a little overtuned in some ways that sometimes when i see that i'm like oh cool like lots of different things that you can do can get you there but also it all it, it raises the eyebrow of like or maybe everything is about the same value <laughs> i don't know i think so i want to comment on that because i think something that just kind of listening and thinking a little bit more about our previous plays, something that just came to me is like part of the magic of this game is that every play of it is going to be a, a little bit different or a lot of bit different. And the big reason for that is because of the markets. Like I played this game, Nick and I played a two player game yesterday and I played tonight's game basically the same. Like I was like, I'm going to do the same things I did yesterday. And, and you know, with some augmentation because my, resources that I was making or whatever were different. Um, but the big difference between today's game and, and yesterday's game is the price of wood. So yeah. here I am, you know, doing, you know, pretending like I can do this whole building strategy and I'm so like, wood was cheaper in your two player game. Yeah. Wood was like a dollar and it was <laughs> awesome or a, a one groschen or whatever. Yes. And instead and of four here, or five, I'd never seen it at four groschen. And so here I am being like, Oh, I'm trapped, you know, and you have to adapt yeah. You have to adapt, but it's hard to adapt because it is like, just as I explained, the way the actions are, it's it's a sequence. And if you kind of do things out of sequence and it's really, really hard for me to waste actions and you have to like waste them sometimes and oh God, yeah. it feels so bad. I mean, there was a point in the middle of this game where I was like, I was like melting down. I had kind of a long day, but I was <laughs> like, just could not compute, could not make a choice that like, I just, I, it was. Mm. On numerous Lots occasions in our last said. play, you 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 said you hated this game <laughs> while laughing. Oh, I <laughs> I did. I I was sort of saying that, but it was also like I hated them. Like I hated you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I hated everything. Yeah, but that I, but but that's all to kind of say like that's kind of my point here, which is like this is a game that is going to create an experience, and that market that that ever changing market irrespective of whether you know it whether it's player driven or driven in part by that that chart or however it's going to kind of play out it's going to create a different experience and i think your ability to adapt to that and change that is kind of key so i actually don't think the game is overtuned i think it needs to be that tuned and then it's up to the players to decide yeah. how are they going to make that happen for them yeah if the game wasn't overtuned i think it would completely collapse like it, it, it yeah. feels like it needs that and i think part of the reason there's that sort of like slow burning meltdown feeling when you're taking your actions is every action in this game is like very very light as anastasia was talking about before you know you take 25 actions in a four player game 30 in a three or two player game mm -hmm. and you know in order to put one building into play you have to take a rights action to take the building then a plot action 
to to claim a spot on the board and then finally you can build the building and that's assuming that you have the money to do right. so you might have um, to income first and you might have to income along the way right so i just described four of the six actions in the game that are available to you and so everything is very slow burning but because of that it means that when you're picking up money or when you're deciding how much money you're going to spend you are realizing that it's going to be a fifth of the game before you get more cash uh, and it can be sooner <laughs> if you choose to do that. Right. But if you don't do it sooner, you might miss out on some scoring opportunities or some dollars. And, you know, while that's just gaming, that's the nature of things in this game, because points are so precious, missing out on those two points that, you know, you might get for going now and then, like you really are sitting there being like, I can't mess this up. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And yet you 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 can, right? There there is a feeling in all of my four plays, which is not that many, frankly. Um, because I do think this is a game, man. I think if this is a game that intrigues you, I think this is a game like our friend Shadows played it like eight, nine, probably more. That was when I last checked. Yeah. Um I and I think he just did a bunch of those in like a week. Like th- mm-hmm. this is a game that if your game group's into it, like you're gonna you're going to want to kind of explore it and go and like it, it it's going to create really cool experiences for you. But in my uh, somewhat limited experience, you know, I had gotten myself into this arc where I was like, okay, at the beginning of the game, everything's going to seem open and possible. And then like round two, I just got to make it through rounds two and three. It's all, it's going to be really bad. It's going to be really hard. I'm going to have no money. Everything's going to feel horrible. It's going to be horrible. And then unfortunately in this last game, everything stayed horrible and (laughs) it's just bad. Um, But in the previous games, it all got better. (laughs) And suddenly I had lots of money. And, um, and the truth is like, you know, tonight I made bad choices. I made bad choices. Yeah. I wasn't maybe being as smart about the actions that I was taking. The game even tells you like, don't do some of the things that I decided to do um, because you need to invest in things that are going to make you money and then go try to get points. And um, well, I just tried to go get points and I didn't get very many of them. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did not get the most. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the the overtuned thing is is it doesn't really make sense in a game like this where the players are so integral into the balance of of everything and, and the value of everything. Like this game that we just played, this three player game, Nick was the only one who could construct the ore buildings, the silver ore buildings, and Anastasia and I could both construct these silver smithing buildings, but Nick could not. And we we had this, there are these self-perpetuating cycles that are sometimes positive and sometimes negative, where in this play, um, neither Anastasia or I built silver early. We I was going on, you know, meat and beer, and Anastasia was uh, more focusing on permits and whatnot. And Nick was sitting there like, my my ore isn't worth much because nobody is making silver smelters and so it's just pile of black lumps on the on the ground up in the city and nobody cares about that they care about you know shiny silver forks and whatnot and and we at me and Anastasia who could create those silver buildings were like well there isn't that much silver ore around because Nick didn't feel incentivized to mine it because we weren't making the infrastructure. So it was a a catch-22 of like a negative spiral there. But the flip side that I've seen many times, and I think, again, it's just every game is different in this way, is oftentimes, certainly with, you know, more players, with four players instead of three, somebody does build a silver smelter in the first round or so. And then suddenly that makes ore more valuable. By definition, automatically, it just makes it more valuable always. And then 
the moment that happens, the people who can make the, you know, essentially sell, get income from the ore, which is kind of everybody, but specifically some people get to do it more. They're like, okay, cool. Let's get some more of this stuff because it's worth more, right? And by by getting more of this stuff to make it worth more, that makes the silver worth more, which makes more people want to jump in and build silver. And then it, it's interesting. There's almost like an updraft thing, like, like you know, a thermal. You, you see soaring birds and it's like sometimes you see a bird working real hard and then they land. And other birds just catch a thermal and they just cruise up and up and up. And I feel like there's like this, you know, shaking hands kind of cooperative nature that can happen in this game that propels certain economies up and certain economies down <laughs> into the ground in each play. And, you know, every every player's subtle decisions seem to to influence which direction it might end up going. I don't know. Maybe sometimes you can reverse that in the middle of the game. We don't have that many data points, but, you know, the incentives are player made. No, I, I want to talk about this definitely a little bit more because this is where I'm going to level my biggest criticism about this game. And again, I want to reiterate, I'm terrible at this game. I've only gotten crushed. <laughs> Take what I say with a grain of salt. But I'm going to tell a little story. Um, a couple of decades ago, there was this game release called Princes of Florence, which I think is a really cool game. I think they just re-released it last year. They did, um, yeah. But turns out my brother and I learned over time that we actually really hated this game because in a seven-round game, you could tell on turn four that you were going to lose for sure. And then you just had to sit there and play the rest of the game. And this game has some of that in my experience. In the two-player game I played with Anastasia, less than halfway through the game, I was like, oh, I'm behind. Maybe I can try this to catch up. And it didn't work. In this game that we just played tonight, Anastasia and John both opened by taking the buildings of the guilds that I was in with them and then not building the Silver Guild so when I went or I just felt like I was behind from the beginning of the game for the whole game long. And I really felt somewhat powerless to do a lot about that. And again, I'm bad at the game. Maybe I just don't know how to dig my way out of these silver tunnels. Right. Yeah. Um, so again, take it with a grain of salt. But my experience with the game has been, I can see the writing on the wall and then I am just, scrabbling for life for the rest of the game i think what i'm trying to boil down my comment to there is that this game doesn't have any kind of catch up anything no. um, and i think that's because the game is about getting those little edges so once you start kind of sliding on those edges it seems to be a kind of it's not a downward slide like it's not it's not a death spiral nothing like that it just is it it, it can feel like a slow march to the end of the game Okay, so I, I, I'm with you actually. Okay, I, I don't want to completely disagree, except I'm gonna disagree just a little bit because, <laughs> uh, just as a counterpoint, do you? So in our four, so we played one, so we all played one four-player game of this with our friend Shadow, mm -hmm. and like I said, Shadow has played this game a lot, enough to be giving us kind of like some pointers as we're playing the game. And you know, you ever played a for the audience? You ever played a game like this where like you make some mistakes early on and then you feel like like you're kind of embarrassed like you're just like oh my god like this is bad like everyone kind of feels bad for you at the table right like they just kind of know you've like, tanked yourself well oh, this now is what happened anastasia's turn okay yeah, it, i oh. mean <laughs> it was a little bit like that okay like a little bit that like they're not being patronizing it kind of was and and um everyone was feeling a little sorry for me and i was feeling really sorry for me but i was like all right you know we're we're in this like let's go and and our friend shadow was like yeah shouldn't have done that <laughs> like, and, I was like, I had no and then money. you came in second one nothing. point behind and him. then i came in second by one point and i 
honestly don't know how I did it, but I, 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 that's the only reason I'm going to counterpoint you ever so slightly, Nick, is because I've watched you play these last two games and I would agree with you. And I even in our tonight's game, I was like, I don't, th- I think this is not going great for me, but I will say in that game, and maybe that was a byproduct of four players. And then we were going to, well, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about player counts, but I was able somehow to like carve my way back up. You know, I just like, I was like point here, point here. Like I just, I, I came back and nobody thought I was going to. And I think when I came in second, everyone was like, what? Like that, that, (laughs) how'd that happen? (laughs) And, and so that, that, that kind of fed into what I was trying to say about like it early in the game, there is still hope, but you really have to, you know, be willing to do, you really have to change the way that you're playing. And and a lot of the ways that you change the way that you're playing are not intuitive to me. And I think part of that is like, I had to do some things that felt good for other people because of the way that this game requires you to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't normally play like that. I mean, I play a lot of games against Nick and mostly I'm just trying to like knife him in the back and take every point, <laughs> I can get, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't have a, a specific data point for this, but I, I can't help but, fear slash wonder if it is possible to lose this game because of what other people did not like targeting yeah, you and maybe that's but like totally like, to nick's point yeah yeah but like if if other people play poorly in particular like if, if people are playing at a high level and you lose because of that interaction then that is something and that's a separate discussion but like you know you could definitely play this game for the first time with a table full of people who don't know what what's going on and people will accidentally into being making very bad decisions and then not realizing why until later. And then that kind of gifts other people a bunch of points. Like in my other four player game, uh, the scores were between 40 and 45 for three of us. And then the winner had 73 points. It was like, yeah, Hey, almost twice the points everyone, the rest of us had. And at the end of the game, it was like, what happened? And we look through and it's like, Oh, it's a perfect storm. Like I did this, which just gifted them points. And then you did that. And that just gifted them points. And, and so when it's kind of opaque like this, I think it's possible to bumble around and 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 hurt other people accidentally. But I don't know. Maybe again, data sets tiny, but maybe there are situations where even when everybody's playing really competitively, like this game right here, like maybe if it was you know three Nicks playing against Nick, maybe the Nick who was in Nick's actual position was in a in, in a bad spot. Anyway, you can't, I, I don't know. you can't use me as an example for three good players playing against each other when I've spent <laughs> yeah. this whole episode talking about how I, I can't, can't play this game. Can't. No, it's a leopard <laughs> can't change work. its stripes, right? I just called it, I just said a leopard has stripes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's the thing is like, are any of us good at this game? By by strictly speaking, by the numbers, I am the best one at this game. That's true. John, John has only won it once I have tonight. barely won. I, I've, I've finally <laughs> won tonight. Like, this is not... But not barely. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, not yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Two things I want to say about about what you said, John. One is I think your point about this game allowing people to accidentally interact negatively and make you lose to me is actually probably a positive. Like if it's a game and you're claiming that the game has good interaction between the players, then that has to allow for situations in where players might accidentally hose you um, yeah. or on purpose, right? If a game is going to allow for players to have that kind of interaction, like that has to exist in a game. So to me, that's actually a positive, mm-hmm. uh, even though, you know, I, I think sometimes people tend to focus on the negative of like, oh, I got hosed by the guy who didn't know what he was doing. But like, yeah. 
frankly, that's a that's a necessary evil if the game is going to allow you to care about each other. Yeah. Second thing I want to yeah. say about that interaction component is that I suspect I've now played this at each player count only once for each of them, but I suspect that this game is perhaps best at four players only. Um, two players is the follow-up, and I think three players is by far the worst. Interesting. Fascinating. Expound. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'd love to hear your. I completely you agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the four-player guild layout means that there is just a, a touch point of interaction with every other player, so everyone is responsible for interacting with each other somewhere. Yeah. Um, in the two-player game, there's no overlap. You're just playing yeah. against each other in these economies. And then in the three-player game, it's a partial overlap. And because of the partial overlap, like the game that we and I'm 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 salty because of the game we played. Tonight. I'm not actually salty, but like I'm, <laughs> I'm burned because of the game we played tonight. Right? Like yeah. in that the way that the interaction of this game worked out, it was like negative interaction, negative interaction, negative interaction. Okay, I'm toast. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, that can happen in a four-player game. I think it's a lot less likely and it seems like it's, it's, it's just more likely in a three player game. So I appreciate that the four player game has, I think higher interconnectivity um, in a way that doesn't feel as, I don't know, potentially devastating as it does in a three player game. One thing that I think has come up a lot with this game is like this idea, like you can't play this game at two, but in our two player game of this, Nick and I were both really surprised at how much the game still captured the economy and, and how it played out. And the other thing, there are these event cards and they're very simple. They don't change the game super dramatically, but they do just kind of like mess with things enough. Like our first event was like the taxes went crazy high, like immediately, which is not something that maybe normally would happen in a three or four player game. Mm -hmm. And so that was, was a totally kind of, different experience playing in the game and and the ability to have a little bit more of that sense of control because you're only dealing with one other person and you sort of have to you know you, there's no overlap in the markets and mm -hmm. so it's just it's just a different experience it's fun but, um, different. but yeah. it, it's fun but different and it was an enjoyable one i will say though that we both and i don't want to speak for you nick but i think we both kind of walked away from the two-player experience feeling a little bit more like the cardboard computer was dictating the game more than maybe we were dictating the game. You're not going to get everything that we've been talking about this crazy, like, oh my God, John ruined the price of wood and all that. You are getting that a little bit, but you're not going to get it as much um, in a two-player game. But I still think it was a really solid two-player experience, far more solid than I expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. I thought the two-player game was going to collapse, but actually it was it was definitely pleasant. And I, I just want to like echo that sentiment of the... It it is a player driven economy, but it's not like container. It's not like a re it's not like a pure. It's not sidereal confluence. It's not a purely player driven economy. Like mm -hmm. it's that you're playing the game, and the game tells you, "Hey, man, no one has gone into this market, so like, go into this market." Yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna give you the incentives, and so you're gonna respond to those incentives. Yeah, I think uh, I I have not played two player with you, but I played two player with with a friend of mine, Matt. And I, he stomped me, but but I still had a really fun time with it. I was also surprised. And I think one of the reasons it works is because of a more subtle element of shared incentives um, in the game that I didn't really notice until I played the two-player. And that has to do with those cardboard computers that we keep talking about. And that and specifically, <laughs> there are two of them. And they split the three different resources up. On one of them, there is wood, food, and beer. 
And on the other one, there is the raw silver, refined silver, and permits. And when people, quote unquote, come into town, the population increases, that affects the price of wood, of beer, and of food. And it makes all of them go up. And so you're sharing there. Like, that's actually where the sharing is. Like I said before, at first I thought the other person who shared a guild with me was going to be my partner, but they're actually my enemy. Your partner is the person that you don't clash with, with a guild, but you you work together with on that little cardboard computer. For example, if I um, if I want, if I have the meat guild and Nick has the, uh, the, the beer guild, then by me having population come to the town to make my uh, meat guild better, I'm making Nick's beer guild better. And in the two-player game, you're doing that as well. You're sharing in some ways. You don't share with any guilds, but you share with these two different sort of separate economies with, you know, how much silver mm-hmm. is there, how many people are there. Yeah. And and I think that's why it, it works at, you know, kind of all player counts, but I think that's why it in particular works at two because you're still shaking hands with one hand and like punching with the other. <laughs> I think there's something important here too that I, I want to kind of like point out, which is like this game money isn't worth anything at the end of this game. So you're yeah. playing this like economic simulation like. where you are making like in our first game of this, at the end of the game, I had like, I had uh, like 120 like Gretchen. I think it you was had like, like 180 because you had to, it, you had to do an extra income for, for, <laughs> yeah. for reasons we don't need to go into, but yeah, it was astonishing. So much money. And you and won then, that like, game on the tiebreaker because money is I just did, a tiebreaker and we were tied. And that, and I had I had like five and you had 160 (laughs) rolling in the money but the thing is that like but that's actually like not good really like you if you have all that money you really should have spent it on something right and so like and then so there is kind of uh, I want to say like an arc or a flow of the game or or just you need to get points but you also need to get money. So you really need to generate an economy so that you have enough money to do everything that you want. But then at a certain point, if you're playing well, which tonight I wasn't, um, you're generating so much money that like, you don't want to waste actions on that anymore. You're like, I have plenty of money. I don't even need to think about money. Right. And so like in a game like tonight where there was wood was so expensive, I really needed to focus on something else, make just tons of money. Wood was so expensive. You being one of the two people who could make it cheaper. Oh, whatever. John. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, that was interesting. Like, cause you kept being yeah. like, Nick, why aren't you making the wood cheaper? And Nick kept being like, well, Anastasia, why aren't you making the wood cheaper? And I was on the side <laughs> being like, all I do is make wood more expensive, and so I'm just going <laughs> to smash income so I can afford this expensive wood. I think that's why I ultimately won, because I was just on the side like, there, there's no, I have no fight in this. I'm just going just gonna to get more money to pay for this expensive wood. So Nick and I both controlled wood, and I kept looking to Nick to make the wood cheaper, because if I make it cheaper, then both John and Nick are going to take a bunch of actions before I get to use it. And part of the it might be more expensive game again. is by the time it gets back around to me, it's more expensive. So I go to all that work, I make wood cheap, then they blow up the population, and then it goes up, and then and so the that's part of the kind of struggle with the game. With for me is that like you do things that are good for you, and then they're good for everyone. And like Nick always mocks me because I'd be like, you, "There's this public build building element that we haven't really touched on," but like you build those public buildings and you put so much work into them, but it's not yours. And no. so Nick, Nick's favorite thing to do and reminding the stupid game is he's like, it's 
it's a public building at the yeah. station. <laughs> it's literally in the name. You're like, get away also, from my I'm building. Like, and we're like, and you just, don't. And I'm just saying, hypothetically, if a person were in this situation, they could, in theory, stop building public buildings and actually build economies to help the other people in their economies out, in theory. What, but why? <laughs> well, I think that's. Help me. I think that's partly <laughs> why. <it> <laughs> I think that's partly why the, the on your turn, the economy. first two turns of the round, you could do double actions. The double action lends a lot of strategic options versus just doing a single action. Um, and so, like, in this game that we just played, in the very last round, Nick finally, for the only time in the game, constructed a wood building with his first action. It plummeted finally. the price of wood from five each to three each. Nick immediately built a huge building with this new, much cheaper uh, ratio, and a bunch of population came up, and at the end of Nick's turn, the price of wood was four. So at the start of his turn, it was five. At the end, it was four. Yay! But right there in the middle, Nick got to capitalize on a three conversion rate for a brief moment. And I think that's where the strength, to a certain extent, of the wood guild is. I, I think controlling the wood guild is probably one of the more nuanced and strategically hard things to do in this game. I think it's very easy to be like, why would I make wood cheaper? That helps everybody. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> that, that's certainly what I've done when I've played wood. <laughs> I mean, yes. I think. I mean, I think that little exchange encapsulates so much of this game, and and that is what you know the table feels like. It's like you just have to adapt to that market. But you know, I do want to take a second, you know, since you brought it up, John, to kind of like to talk about that that concept of 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 when is the price of something going to go up, right? And 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 when is it going to go down? So you know, whenever you construct a building, the price is always going to go down, at least for the next action, right? Yeah. But as population comes or as you dig in the mine, the prices are going to go up. And the way that they go up, if unless you've played the game a lot or you have looked, you know, you have a cheat gone sheet. online and found a cheat sheet yeah. to, to kind of see or you're going through the cards and looking ahead, um, you don't know when they're going to go. It's, yeah. it, it, the first game of this we played, I was like tense the whole time because I was like, oh my God, like what, what if the price goes up? Like how long until it goes up? Because I don't know, right? And yeah. I mean, that's kind of a cool experience to have. You know, it's like watching a horror movie. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I hate doing. So yeah. it's a good comparison. Um, but as you play it more and you want to play it more strategically, it does sort of urge you, or I feel like, at least the way we play games, like, you, you kind of want to know what's coming. And and I think there's even a post on BGG where the designer's like, here, here, here is a cheat sheet, but like also this is not what I intended. Like they did, they, they, they don't want you to know. They want there to be that kind of opaqueness in the right. market. But honestly, I, it, it both stresses me out so much not to know. And then also like makes me AP gazillion to know so i i don't i don't i don't know but i'm so with you just just like the i understand the idea and even the appeal of a market feeling organic right i think that's the goal of being like yeah you don't know the prices are going to go down a little bit like you know what the general pressure of those prices are as population goes up the prices are going to go up if you're going to build a thing it's going to bring the prices down like great i know those those flows are going to happen. And I, I appreciate that the designer wants you to have an organic experience. 
but this is not an organic game. It's a counting <laughs> game. It's a bean counting game. Yeah. And if you want me to play a bean counting game with an Excel sheet in it, and you don't want me to look at the Excel sheet, there's something very weird about that to me. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think it's just, I think that there's a, there's just a, I think this game just, it, 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 there's a tension to that, that you just have to kind of like embrace, right? And then you have to decide like, how are you going to play it? But I think it it's important to note that this is a game that, for us, triggered a lot of AP um, amongst all three of us, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of a rare thing. Yeah, Nick AP more in this game than just about any game I can any remember game. for a while. Yes. Yeah, and I think that that is is something by the nature of not of feeling like you can have a certain sense of control of what's happening, and also like you can't. And I think that it's all kind of available to you there, but it's also not. I actually want to kind of dispute calling it AP because it's not about the actions. It's about the math. Almost every time that I was like taking a really long turn, it's because I was doing math for four actions ahead. That's true. You weren't paralyzed. You were, you were just a, I wasn't just analyzing. (laughs) Right. I wasn't like, what do, what am I stuck in between? I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Can I do that? Yes. Let's make sure because otherwise the action I take right now like hoses me (laughs) yeah yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense there's other stuff going on in this game that we haven't touched on there's uh uh, patricians that you can pay your personal money for to squeeze points and i think they can be a huge part of winning there's this saint barbara cathedral that you build because this game is set in the middle ages so of course you have to build build it you got to build a church it's just it's those are the rules those are the rules uh there's you know other elements uh reputation that we haven't talked about this game i have a lot of strong feelings for and personally i've really enjoyed and i want to keep playing but also like how how do i convey what makes this game exciting to me I think this is one of those games that you that you just you have to explore. And I, I think it's it's so important for at least for me to say something that John hit on, which is like I spent the whole game that we just played talking about how much I hated the game, the play, John, Nick, the moment, everything, <laughs> my life the yes. n- and just and laughing like yeah. I was just like so angry <laughs> because of what this game like elicits out of me and i think that that is this is just not like look brass is a good game it does the same thing i (laughs) hate these games we have to work together then you mess up my plans semi-cooperative in all the in all the best ways uh, i mean it's it's in a lot of ways a shared incentive game it doesn't really have stocks but this is my jam right now. Like and I, all I, those little edges. I want them to be big edges. I want. I want to like do something and then just get massive. Like at the end of the, I like with this whole plan, and then I was like, John's gonna get just as many points as I am from this. This <laughs> sucks. Like it's, like it's all that Thank work, you. and then it's just like, oh my god. But but having said that, you know, I do think that there is something. There is just there's there's an experience to be had here, and every time I play it, I know it's going to be a unique experience, and I know it's going to be interesting. And I, we have played many games like I actually truly did not like, and if we truly did not like it, you're probably not going to hear about it actually, right? Because we don't we don't really <laughs> play like that, so we wouldn't be sitting here if we didn't you know enjoy our time with this game and want to share it and and think that it's you know worth your time to go explore it. And I think that this is. I don't play a game four times that I don't like. I mean, I I just don't like I, you know, so this is, you know, so I think it, I think it creates for an interesting experience there. 
One element for me, uh, which has me excited about this game and excited to show other people um, as the game teacher, is is kind of what Nick said before. Like, yeah, the first time I read the rules, I was intimidated to teach it. But once I played it once, I was like, oh, I see how it all clicks. And now as a rules teacher, I have no problem teaching this game. I've timed myself. I can teach this game in about 20 minutes. And the the mental weight, like the punchiness of the decisions and everything when I'm playing, it, it, it comes in like games that take me an hour to teach. And so I, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm excited about this game and why I've had like game days and whatnot where people mention it. I'm like, oh, you want to play right now? Like, I'll teach it. Let's go. Whereas, um, you know, even like the very last game we played, Evacuation, I really like Evacuation. I've had a lot of fun. But the last game day that we had, someone came over and they're like, I'd really like to play Evacuation today. And I was like, I don't really feel like teaching Evacuation right now. <laughs> <laughs> but then somebody else is like, ooh, Kunora. I'm like, oh, I could totally throw that down. And yeah. as a rules teacher, and I know you know many people who listen to this are probably primary rules teachers or or often rules teachers. That is something. That That is an element. There are many good games that almost never get played in our house because I just can't be bothered to teach them again. Yeah, and it's I would classify this as like a medium weight game like it's not heavy but it's Mm -mm. not something i would throw in front of my ticket to ride friends by a long Mm -mm. shot Mm -mm. um and it 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 actually sits there really nicely i think that it's interesting like in the board game hobby there's a lot of light or light medium games these days are like kind of the rage and then there's the very heavy games and actually like i've not played a solid medium weight game in in a minute so we've uh, we've talked a lot about this game, and I really like it, like quite a lot. Uh, this game really surprised me. I'm, I'm kicking myself for having it sit on my shelf for months, not being played, and then suddenly I'm, <laughs> I've played it five times in like a couple of weeks. But um, I could totally see why this game isn't going to be for everybody, and I'm genuinely not sure what the two of you are going to say. Uh, like as far as like you know we're kind of doing our wrap up here like what do we all think and we've talked a lot we've played the game multiple times and i'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say but from my perspective from my personal game taste perspective i like interaction these days um i I was just telling nick uh that my new kind of motto for what i like in in board gaming in general is playing with nice people and mean games like i don't want (laughs) i don't want mean people mean games i don't want mean people nice games i want nice people mean games and this game can feel like that you gotta gotta bring your own nice people but it it can be a mean game in a lot of ways and a very interactive game and i can tolerate slash sometimes quite enjoy multiplayer solitaire games evacuation it's a pretty multiplayer solitaire game and i had a lot of very positive things to say about it i did enjoy it a lot but this game the way you're interacting and the way what other people do really matters. And you're not just like, oh, is it my turn yet? You're, you're, you're like looking to see what they're doing and like they do this, they do that and it affects your plans. That is my jam right now. But some people hate that. <laughs> and, and I think a lot of people are going to be quite turned off by this game. Uh, it would not surprise me if it ends up being pretty polarizing. I agree. I think it's going to be a pretty polarizing game. I really liked learning it. Um, I think the situation in which I would like this game most is if I had a group and I was going to play this a bunch. Yeah. Um, like I enjoyed, you know, playing it to learn the game, but I think that if I was really going to like this game, I'd, I'd need to be committed to playing it five to 10 times. So it's like, oh, okay, great. I get it. Like you've built this thing. I've got, I've got a path. I've got, mm-hmm. I, and I've got my eyes on you. Um, yep. I yep. think that's where it would really shine for me. So I think if you're not going to get this table, this to the table repeatedly, uh, I would, I would definitely uh, try it 
before buying it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think my, I don't really know where my gaming tastes stand right now. And, you know, obviously it's funny because, look, just on the surface, inexperience, like, this is really not a game for me, right? I mean, I think I think we, we all kind of know that I, Nick likes to say, like, I don't like it. I like to build my sandcastle. Please <laughs> don't kick it over. Actually, don't get anywhere close to it. But then send me all your money. But having said that, you know, I, you know, as we've been playing this one quite a bit over the last uh, couple weeks. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, like I did, I broke out evacuation again. And I can't believe I'm saying this. But like, I feel like John's rubbing off on me a little bit where like <laughs> I was like oh like we didn't really I'm not even paying attention to what you're doing like I don't really care what you're doing like I'm doing my thing but like and then like I've been playing Great Western Trail with Nick and like I'm like oh it's like now like I, there's an interaction interactive element that I do kind of find myself getting a little bit more uh drawn to um or tolerating <laughs> even enjoying um but I think that the difference between this game and other interactive Euros is that I still like it when the game is kind of like a little bit more 50-50. Like I'm going to kind of, I'm going to build my thing, I'm going to do my thing, and then my it's going to be like my thing versus your thing out in the world. And like, I do care about what you're doing and you are impacting me and I do have to adapt, but you're not, the things that you are doing are not making it so that like I can't, even build my thing and that's kind of the thing that that I struggle with with this game is that constantly fluctuating economy makes it really hard for me to plan it makes it really hard for me to execute what I want to do and that's just how I play games right like that's just what I'm enjoying about games at this moment right now I, I I've never loved the shared incentives quite as much as John um, but that doesn't mean I don't enjoy them a little bit I, yeah. I, I do like markets I do like economies I do like uh, I am starting to enjoy more and more interaction in my games, uh, you know, and, and like I just said, like even, you know, multiplayer solitaire is a little solitaire, Yeah. but this is a lot of interaction, but you know what, if you like economic simulations that are interactive, because this is, this is interactive, not like, this is not, you're not killing each other. You're not attacking each other. It's not your armies. We're not playing scythe over here. Like this is straight up like economic, brutality and uh that's cool (laughs) all right everyone i think that's gonna wrap this episode of friendly ties for us if you're listening to this on audio and you want to weigh in a little bit uh head on over to youtube and drop a comment uh on this on this video version of this audio so that we can hear what you thought about the game yourself or just any uh reactions you had and in your experiences or uh just thoughts about anything we said so thanks for listening everyone have a great day thank you bye bye Bye.